everyone and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast, aka the podcast in which I, Fiona Grayson, sit down with female founders dotted all over the UK, usually over a giant cup of coffee, but of course on Zoom for the foreseeable future, and ask them to open up to me about absolutely everything they've been through, warts and all, to not just launch, but sustain and grow their businesses to date. The overarching aim being that She Can, She Did encourages current female founders to persevere by highlighting that setbacks on route are of course oh so normal, but also to inspire as many aspiring business owners that launching a business is possible no matter what age you are, but only if you're willing to grit your teeth and work seriously hard. This is actually the last episode before I put this series on pause for a mid-season break. How very Grey's Anatomy of me, I know. But rest assured, it will be back next month once I've finally got the next phase of She Can, She Did off the ground. Between you and me, I basically just need a few weeks to fully buckle down and focus solely on that launch and just tie a few things up. But I've got some amazing, amazing, amazing guests lined up for the second half of the series, so I'm already super, super looking forward to bringing it back. So thank you in advance for your patience and putting up with me. Now, before we get going on this week's episode, in which I got to chat to a woman that has played such a huge part in She Can, She Did's story to date, I wanted to give a shout out to this series sponsor, who happens to be, of course, Tide Business Current Accounts, aka the business current account dedicated to over 200,000 startups, founders and freelancers that I've been banking with ever since I switched over to being a limited company at the end of 2018. Because Tide happens to be the only place in the UK where you you can register a limited company and open a business account in one process for free. Now, no one likes a sales pitch, do they? So I will try and keep this short and sweet. But it is a service which I so, so wish had been available back in 2018 because it definitely would have streamlined the whole process for me and tied to cover the £12 Companies House Incorporation fee too. So you can start your business journey as a limited company with Tide for free. Essentially, for those of you that want to set up as a limited company or switch from being a sole trader to a limited company like I did, all you have to do is search the company name you would like, so I would have put in She Can, She Did Limited, enter your personal and business details and in a matter of minutes, your limited company application will be sent, your tied business current account will be set up and you are good to go. It's also worth noting that Tide have no monthly fees, they have all the fancy perks you could want and need from a business account too, including account integrations, easy invoicing, scheduled payments, member perks, etc, etc. They really are pretty great. So please do have a peek at www.tide.co forward slash start if you are interested. Anyway, back to this episode in which I got to chat to a lady that I first came across in early 2018 when an email popped into my inbox ahead of the first ever midweek mingle, which feels like ages ago now, inquiring about whether I was looking for a photographer and if so, would I be interested in letting her capture the event? Of course I was, so we had a chat, she turned up with her tripod and 20 midweek mingles later, it's safe to say that I absolutely love her work. The lady in question happens to be Chloe Williams, founder of Stories by Chloe, a brand photographer passionate about capturing real brand stories with thoughtful, playful and quite simply heartfelt imagery. 
having watched Chloe's story evolve over the past three years from tripod girl who showed up at the first midweek mingle and barely spoke a word to anyone to a highly skilled photographer who works a room, puts everyone at ease, is an absolute chatterbox and now has a jam-packed diary full of her dream dream clients. This is Chloe's honest story to date and how she went about creating a job for herself over the past three years that she is clearly so unbelievably passionate about and bloody good at too. I loved recording this, I loved listening to it back, so as always ladies, I really hope you do too. So I am a photographer, I work with people and brands to help them tell their stories visually through brand shoots, so that's me in a very short nutshell. That's really good though, because I think my issue is, I was taught that quite early on, is that you're supposed to nail that pitch. So if someone asks you at a dinner party what you do, you can just be like, blah, 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 and scene, flick of hair, and you're, you're like, that's me. Whereas normally people are like, oh, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I, uh, uh. So the fact that you've just nailed that in one sentence is pretty impressive. But um, not to myself, myself, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there is a bit more to it. My sister and I were talking about you the other day, like when I texted you and I was, I don't think you appreciate how good a photographer you are in terms of events and like product photography. It's so much easier said than done. You know, when people actually try and take a photo, I'm always like, mine never turn out like yours. Thanks, love. It's quite funny because you say the word product photography, which is not specifically what I do. It's more of like a general, like a brand photography. But Ben, my partner, he obviously knows me so well, we live together, he knows what I do, and yet every time he chats to someone about what I do, he totally gets it wrong every time. And I've now found myself being in the background like, oh, I just want to pitch myself because that's not quite what I do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I personally feel what I do is quite unique because storytelling is very much at the heart of what I do. You know, we capture thoughtful, on-brand, honest, organic imagery, which is kind of quite hard to come across sometimes. There's a lot of cheesiness or posing or a lack of authenticity. It maybe feels quite stocky or unrepresentative of your very specific brand. You know, there are no two brands or people are the same. Like, for example, my brand shoots, you get one package, but then within that, it's so customizable. It's based entirely on what you need, your visual needs, mm. what your business needs. So I think more and more moving forward, storytelling is going to be at the forefront of brand imagery, you know, even things like brand direction and styling, how we put ourselves out there as a business and a person as a founder to the world is definitely going to evolve into more of a, how many times can I say storytelling? <laughs> she likes storytelling, Chloe. <laughs> uh, it, it's only nine o'clock, so I'll have a strawberry for every time I say storytelling. <laughs> and where did this all start? Because I obviously met you coming up to, well, actually about two and a half years ago. And I feel like your brand's come on like such a huge way since the first email I received from you. But I'm obviously intrigued to know what kind of led you into this route. Like what made you want to be self-employed? Because you didn't have a job before this, did you? It was straight out of university. Um, I've always been very creative, like struggled with briefs because I kind of wanted to push them or, you know, at university or school or whatever. So I did a fine art degree at uni purely because I didn't want to go down the fine art route in terms of a job, but I wanted to really learn about light, colour, spatial awareness, emotion, all the different elements that like make up a creative piece, if that makes sense. 
and photography was to me something that taught you how to use a camera more than the artistic side and I think again that's where I've developed this really creative niche to my work because the camera only does so much you know it's very much without blowing my own trumpet it's very much about my eye and and what I see and how I interpret that and the ideas that we come up with together so I wanted to take maybe a different approach to your norm not do it easy or anything like that and then straight after uni it was very much well I looked at so many job descriptions and I just couldn't find the job that I wanted I guess if I were to write down my ideal job description it would be what I do now but that didn't exist because you have to create those roles for yourself so just said one day right gonna do it I had one client that I found through social media had no brand direction I had no business plan I was just going to do it. And I'm not an advocate for doing it like that or not doing it like that. I think you very much have to do it for you. If you're a planner, you know, work with someone, get a business plan, do it like that. I'm not a planner. I'm very much a, this feels right. I'm going to go with the flow. We'll build on it. So that's how Stories by Chloe was born. I mean, it wasn't that originally. It has developed over the years. I've been in business now, but that's how I got to where I am today. No, I love that. And it's so interesting because obviously, like you said, it wasn't Stories by Chloe at the beginning. It was Find Me in the Home section. And I remember when we first met and I first interviewed you, you were still figuring it out. So it was like, oh, I might do a bit of home stuff and then I might do a bit of beauty and then I might do this. Whereas I feel like the brands that you work with, yes, they're obviously all different, but you know you know your audience now and they've obviously come to you so much more but it's so interesting how it's evolved from the beginning so like you obviously said that you had a client pretty much straight away but how did you obviously a business needs more than one client to survive so how did you pitch it to them initially when you had nothing to show for yourself and how did you grow your audience base client base sorry in the early days I think my business from when I started to up to now has had three stages So the first stage was very much, okay, fake it till you make it. You know, if you're just starting a business and you need a portfolio in terms of client work, that doesn't have to be photography. You know, it can be branding, it can be styling, anything. You have to work, not necessarily for free, but you do do free work at the start. The idea behind building a portfolio is if people won't pay you for your work because you've got no examples, then you've got to create those examples for yourself. So I did a lot of free work or I, for photography, you know, I took a lot of pictures of my own products or creative things and started like that. So it was very much, if you're just starting out, you've got to really build up your visuals. Make sure you've got a strong portfolio. You know who your ideal client is. That's really important because you can kind of fire in all directions and it's a bit messy and diluted. And a social media presence was really, like I learned the importance of a social media presence really early. So I didn't have a website, but having a really great Instagram that was clear as to what I was offering and my portfolio on there really helped me to kind of act professional. And then the rest was just fake it till you make it chat on the phone. You know, oh yeah, I could do this and I've done this and da da da. It wasn't lying. It was just fluffing out the truth. Yeah, definitely. I've spoken to so many women now where like, especially a business like yours, and I know like some of the event stylists and stuff, and people say, oh, can you do this? And they haven't done it before. But like at the beginning, it you know, sometimes you do have to say, oh, yeah, 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 no, I can do that. And even if you don't know it, once you've got that booked in, you figure out a way to do it. Because even silly things like I remember the first midweek mingle that you shot, Chloe turns up with a tripod and like goes around. You didn't speak to anyone, did you? You were just just so focused on getting the images and you kind of took your tripod around and set it up. It was so awkward. 
No, I didn't but... speak to anyone. It was my, I think, I can't remember, but I think it was one of my first ever events that I'd done. I didn't know how to do it, but I turned up, I gave it a go. Yeah. I learned on the job. Kind of Absolutely, thing. but I was that was my first ever mingle hosting. I was learning on the job too, so I didn't care one bit. I just always think it's amazing how it does evolve. I always think about you when I say what I'm about to say, which is you know, it's so, <laughs> it's so easy to want to be perfect straight away, yeah. but ultimately, there is such a massive part about jumping in before you're ready sometimes. And I think it's just having that willingness to dive in and just trust yourself to figure it out and yeah. like. You, you know your camera equipment now and how you work the room so well it obviously that comes with time doesn't it yeah don't be afraid of making mistakes because if you don't make those mistakes you don't get quite as good at it because you've never really worked out what does or doesn't work mm. it's like that with a lot of things you know do a bit of trial and error does this work does it not okay well if it doesn't work what have I got to lose I've learned I can develop and evolve from this and move on to the next one yeah, I think the people that don't take the leap and don't start their own businesses or don't go for that passion project or that ideal client are not because they can't do it, but because they believe they can't do it. And I think that's a really big thing. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect paying clients or customers to believe and invest in you? Everyone has a shred of doubt or fear or whatever. But if you're able to push past that and go for it, then other people will go for it with you. Mm, yeah absolutely that's so so true how have your days and like your diary evolved since the early days up through till now and like you know what did your typical days look like say in your first year of business and what do they now because I remember there was a time during the mingles like maybe 2018 no 2019 early 2019's roadshows where you were so so busy and like your diary was super full and you were kind of like going left right and center across the country but yeah I'm intrigued to know like what it was like at the early days just for that reality I suppose yeah my diary definitely looks like that now which I'm very grateful for especially coming out of a pandemic but at the start it was take the jobs that you could get now I work with brands that are the right fit for me and people that are the right fit for me but at the start you just take the jobs that pay the bills, whatever. So it was, my diary was very open, empty. You know, it was just take whatever you can get. You might have to do a job on the sidelines or you might have to work part-time or something to balance it out. But I also didn't have any structure. So I think this is something that I've learned probably mostly over the last year that, and I'm going to give a shout out to Alice, Alice Benham, I could not. You know, she talks about the importance of working on your business as opposed to for your business as well. So that's something mm. I've really learned. You know, if you don't have that structure of, okay, one day a week, I need to dedicate it to all of my admin, my back end stuff, making sure my invoices are up to date and making sure I've got all of the admin solved, you know, working on your website, updating your website. And I'm, I'm guilty of not doing this still, you know, I'm very lucky to be booking jobs every week, but invoices don't go out maybe for like a week or so because you now have to have set aside time to do it in one go. Otherwise everything just slips. So yeah, it was very much unorganized, unscheduled, just learning again, just learning on the job, learning as you go, like what works, mm. what doesn't. And now it has a lot more schedule to my day. You know, if I'm going to book client calls or discovery calls, I try to book them in a day. That doesn't always happen. Obviously you get one or two, but I'll try and book them on like an editing and an admin day. So everything really flows a lot easier. Yeah. In terms of diary, as I said, coming out of a pandemic, I didn't really know what to expect. My diary was really full 
just before the pandemic so I obviously had a lot of people to move but I think a lot of people now are very much realizing the importance of getting themselves out there shouting about their brand and what they do and who they are and that you can't I believe you can't really do that effectively or as effectively without the right images so a lot of people are booking in now mm. you know I'm kind of booking midway through September at the moment it's crazy so just get in touch <laughs> yeah no it's so good though and it's so true I remember like the first even the first two years to be honest I felt like I just had my head down constantly just it was just foggy just constantly moving from one thing to the next thing and that structure is so so important yeah. even if you don't always get it perfect just having that intention to just add some sort of outreach days and all of that it, it goes such a long way how did you keep yourself going though in those early days because I think again it's always, especially with a service-based business, it's just you. Do you know what I mean? You are your own boss. Work is coming in in dribs and drabs in those first few months. What was keeping you going? And I guess, how proactive were you in terms of just even if people weren't saying yes, but just like pitching yourself and all of that kind of thing? Like, how did you market yourself to get the jobs coming in quicker? I would say I put a lot of my growth down to the fact that I just go for things so you have to really put yourself out there you have to pitch for things you have to approach clients you don't have to approach them directly but you just have to put yourself on their radar my marketing strategy now very much involves okay these are the kind of clients I'd like to attract next or now does the content that I'm currently putting out this week align with what they're looking for and that sort of thing so now it's, I've got a strategy, but at the start, I didn't have a strategy, but it was still very much, you just have to go for it. Any opportunity, doesn't matter if it's what you thought you were going to be doing or not, just go for it. I mean, when I started out, I was mostly doing product photography. It's not where my passion lies. Product photography is still an element of what I do, but I, I don't offer product photography as a sort of main service. So you have to go with things that you maybe don't think that's initially what you wanted, I didn't think I'd be doing events. We connected, I got in touch, and the events have led me to a path for my business that I didn't even know I wanted, but actually have been really successful. So yeah, you just have to be really open. Mm. I really pushed myself to not let, at the start you'll get a lot more no's than you will get yeses. But every time I got a yes, it was worth all the no's. And I absolutely love what I do. Like you can't, do this you can't have your own business if you don't love it because it's so great and it's so rewarding and it's so freeing I guess but it's also really hard <laughs> and if your highs don't outweigh your lows it's not worth it for you yeah so it's so true it's so interesting though because I just feel like again just seeing it all play out I remember on, I can't remember, I think we were in Brighton. Uh, what? No, it was in Bristol. You know where the Airbnb in Bristol, where there's the mezzanine and then the bathroom, where me and Mum are upstairs, you and Alice were downstairs, and then there's the bathroom, you know? The, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> and it's etched into my brain. Um, I remember us all in the bathroom talking about, because basically for anyone listening, Chloe's photographed all of the mingles it's been 20 now and when we go away we get the Airbnb and we're only ever there for a night but <laughs> Chloe comes with a beauty case that's just I've never seen anything like it and we have to allocate at least envious I would think exactly I feel like you should be a beauty blogger I mean what 
minimum 40 minutes for your evening regime? It was, pre-lockdown, but yeah. Okay. When you've got a partner that wants to go to bed and then you go to the bed at the same time and then you spend the next 40 minutes getting ready for bed, there's got to be some compromises. I'd say it's about 20 minutes now. Oh, that's really good. I thought you were going to be like, so now it's 35. (laughs) 20 minutes, but the compromise was, especially in lockdown, I'd have like a self-care afternoon pretty much every third day of the week. But yeah, so I would come to the mingles. Yes, and I remember we were basically saying in the bathroom, you know, you need to get into more beauty-based stuff. And it's just crazy. Like you're, the thing is, is I think that beauty and like the products, in my opinion, it's like food. It's so hard to photograph. But the things that you've been coming out with recently for some of the beauty brands, it's just so amazing. Oh, thank you. But again, I think it's because I've got a passion for it. So mm. I now have a lot of beauty clinics, skin clinics, beauty salons on my client roster, if you like. And it's probably grown four times in, you know, it's quadrupled in the last six months in terms of the amount of beauty clients I've got. And I think that's mostly because I love beauty. I love facials. I understand all of the, I mean, I'm not a therapist or anything. I I don't understand the science specifically, but because I understand a lot of the treatments and the way they're performed and the importance of ingredients, I think it enables me to do my job better. I understand Mm. When I go to a skin clinic, for example, for a brand shoot, I understand all of the images and the visuals that they need to be able to sell, promote, engage effectively because I have an understanding and a passion for beauty. So well, you're their target audience, aren't you? Yeah. Like you're the people that buy it. So it's like it goes hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. And I don't only obviously have beauty clients. I have lifestyle, wellness, coaches a lot of beautiful like stationers calligraphers artisan businesses ceramicists but they all kind of tie into like quality and creativity and it's it's a skill it's a craft and it's Mm. the same with skincare you know so I kind of really appreciate even for example my masks that I've just ordered that are coming today they're by a brand that create beautiful linen pieces and there's like an artisan quality to them. So everything that I love is then reflected in the clients that I have. And I think that's really important. You will do your best work with your customers or your clients if you have a passion for what they sell or provide. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You'll naturally be able to do your job better without yeah. doing anything different absolutely and your confidence now obviously it comes with just experience anyway but I just feel like every time we chat your brand is stronger and stronger and I think it is just generally because you've moved like you said into more and more down an avenue that you're so passionate about and it just like radiates do you know what I mean and then what's the word it like radiates but also you gravitate towards it and there's a lot of energy (laughs) I'm just like moving around and like grabbing the air I feel like I'm in some like boy band video (laughs) yeah exactly you work out who your ideal clients are and then put out the content for them because you will then attract those ideal clients. Yeah, absolutely. Just popping on here with a quick reminder that Tide Business Current Accounts happens to be the only place in the UK where you can register a limited company and open a business account in one process for free. For more information and to get started, please do feel free to visit www.tide.co forward slash start or follow the link in this episode's show notes. 
what has been, you know, I love my challenges, so let's dive in. What has been, I suppose, the hardest part about being your own boss? We'll come on to like worst days on the jobs if things have gone wrong. But like just the general, I think a service-based business, especially you are the brand. This brand requires you to show up, to be there, to be on point constantly. What has been the struggles from day one right through till now? I think not having a team is always going to be one of the biggest challenges. One of the reasons why I love to work with the client on the shoot, for example, as opposed to remotely if I can, is because you work together so much better. You bounce ideas off each other. You, you don't challenge each other, but you come up with things that the other person might not have thought of. So working as an individual person, you know, I'm the founder, I'm the accountant, I'm the marketing expert, the social media person. I, mean, I do, you know, as most founders do, we do all the things, we have all the hats on. That's probably one of the hardest parts because there's no one to say, oh, actually do it this way, or have you thought about this, or challenge you a little bit. So you really have to push yourself. You have to challenge yourself. You have to go, okay, they said no to you yesterday, but there's a very similar brand. You know you can go for that. You go for them, like you're your own cheerleader. You have to push yourself on. And I think sometimes you think, I could really do with someone as a team member just to even just to chat to sometimes you know it can be quite I don't want to say lonely but it can be quite lonely (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say lonely but it can be lonely if you're starting this just know it can be lonely no but it's true though and I feel like the thing that kind of crops up in every single interview so I think that you know there's no harm in saying that but you are by nature super sociable Like you love being around people, don't you? So because that is the reality for so many people, how do you motivate yourself? Like what do you do in those moments where it is just you and you've got, you know, a thousand photos from an event to edit, say? What do you do to kind of keep yourself going? Netflix is my best friend a lot of the time. If I want to have a really good editing session, put something on in the background, just crack on with it. And I think it's kind of like that with a lot of things. Have something that makes you feel like you're a bit in a more of a normal situation. It's not just you and your laptop really intensely. So I stick music on in the background or Netflix or something like that. But also something that has really helped me is have an unofficial team. And I think you can relate to this quite well. Mm. Through this little app called Instagram, I'm so grateful for it in many ways, more than just because of the way I've got clients and business, but because of the friends that I've made. Yeah, network. Yeah, I've got a key network of probably about six-ish people that I know if I want to bounce something off of, chat to, have a hard day, whatever, or have a glass of wine with, we do like a G&T, mm. then they're really, really important to the success of your business. And that's not because they shout about you or say how amazing you are, but it's because they help you in like the quiet moments, the dark days, they'll pull you through. And it's like that with family and friends as well. When you start a business, you see which are the friends that stick around and support you and which are the friends can't give a shit, you know, like shut up about your business. So having those friends and family is, you know, you and I, we're so close to our families. So I could not do it without them. They're like my little cheerleaders. I remember at the start, every time I book a client, and it's still that to a certain extent now, it's still a big, you've got another client, you know, like, well done, you're doing amazing. And my parents, they're so, so incredible. They tell me very regularly, we're so proud of you. You really put yourself out there. You really go for it. 
And I think their motivation and, and how proud they are of me very much drives me. Mm. It's not just me in this business now. I've got friends and family that are emotionally invested in it. And I have clients that rely on me. So if I look at it like that, then I can't just give up or decide I'm not going to go for something. I have to keep pushing because I owe it to the people that have invested in me emotionally and support me. Mm, it's so so true I remember like a memory like quite early on where she kind of did maybe like a month in I remember just crying being like it was when I was just transcribing and just had literally nothing to show for myself I was also in that you know when you first walk away from the job mode being like what have I done and it was my sister and every time she's just like there she's just like no and it is it's like that proper cheerleading yeah like that support network around you is is so important. And I love what you said there about, you know, finding people along the way, because yes, you are self-employed and yes, you don't have a team, but it is so true. It doesn't have to be lonely in that way at all. Like you can have team in inverted commas. Yeah. My like analogy for it is the bridesmaids team. So like, if you think about it, say someone asked you when you were 18 years old oh if you got married tomorrow who would you have as your bridesmaids well as you grow up and as you meet new people and you make new friends that bridesmaid team evolves or changes and it's very much like that with your business team now if someone were to ask me who would your bridesmaids be or 50% of them would be business friends like people that started out as business friends but now they're so valuable to me because they're very similar we have similar lives they really understand you they get you you know and yeah, yeah. it's like that with business as opposed to the bridesmaids you need to have people in your corner that get it and a lot of them get it because they're in the same boat as you yeah I always think it must be quite similar to you know I love my happy mum happy baby podcast you know some of my best friends have kids and it's like I can only imagine that it must be what mums feel like when they meet other mums they just get it when I speak to anyone that runs a business, you just have that in common, don't you? You instantly relate, you instantly know what you're going through. And there's like an instant respect that I'm sure mums must have as well. So no, I love that. Okay, worst day on the job? Do you know what? The, the funny thing is, up until now, like the worst day on the job has changed every time we've chatted. Um, it's still the same. It's an emotional one now. We chatted about it last time. Some of, the, some of my... I hate this word, followers, will know I lost my grandma last October and it was the day before her 93rd birthday. It was one of the busiest times in my business to date. She'd lived with us for 22 years. She was my light, my son, you know, everything. So I remember I had a client, a lovely, lovely client on the Monday, the day before we lost grandma and we just knew. So I was supposed to be going to Manchester, had all my bags packed Sunday night, and it was just like, you got to make the call. And we didn't know for sure that we were going to lose her the next day, but it's very much that I can't go to a job when I could be spending my last hours with my grandma, that kind of thing. So you have to make a call, and you have to make a lot of calls in business like that, like, okay, in this moment, what's more important? So that was a tough day. I don't necessarily have a tough day specifically to it, but I think the following weeks, grief wasn't something I'd experienced to that extent before. And you'll experience different things as you go through your business. And this was a new one for me. So I lost a lot of clients because I lost a lot of business because people just either couldn't wait or wouldn't wait. Again, it's a bit like starting. You learn who your true friends are, 
who are there for you when they say they're there for you and who mean I'll be there for you but actually I'm buggering off to someone else so that was tough financially the business like it didn't take a hit in terms of I lost money but I lost potential earnings a lot of my bookings that I was going to get didn't happen so that was a tough time like navigating a personal life that you hadn't really experienced before while still trying to run a business but at the same time it was like my business is everything to me it's the second most important thing after my family and friends but for about two weeks I didn't give a shit about it and that sounds really awful but it just wasn't a priority and when I got back to it I was so grateful to all of my lovely clients that had stuck with me that understood that I was still going to be as good as I was Mm. because that was a worry as well like you know oh hold on am I too emotional to do my job right now there's no one else who can step in for me. But a lot of people trusted me and they believed in me, which really helped me through it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel like your grandma would be super proud of you. You really are smashing it at the moment. But I do feel like that's why I think this podcast was one of the reasons why I started it is that like people can look at you and they think, oh, Chloe just goes swans around to events and shoots and is surrounded by beauty products and blah, blah, blah she's so lucky etc etc and it's just like no one ever sees the realities behind the scenes like that and actually when you're navigating things in your personal life that are testing you beyond belief running a business is so so hard and I think like you said the fact that you didn't give a shit about it for two weeks there's no shame in that whatsoever grief is a a funny one and I think it comes down to again being a service-based business taking that time out to like look after yourself because if you're not fully functioning the business I couldn't have done a good job because I wasn't in the right mind frame mm. but it was really important that I got back to that mm. also my grandma was one of my biggest cheerleaders she was so proud of everything I was doing that when you lose a part of that you kind of like well I don't really know how to carry on with this now So you have to pick yourself up and you have to go, but well, I was doing it for a reason and that reason still exists. And I have one of my really great friends, Amy from Emerald City. I work with her really regularly now. It's so nice. We have a lot of like crossover projects, but she Mm. very much stepped in and was like, if you need me to do emails, if you need me to reply to people, you know, again, you need those people in your corner Mm. and I do the exact same for them. So find yourself a bloody good team tribe yeah tribe. I just have a good tribe yeah no I really love that obviously you've mentioned Covid as well that lovely pandemic that's just come along and bitten us all on the bum how have the past four months I don't even know how it's been four months like we were saying beforehand Is it four months yeah we're mid-July it was mid-March April May June July yep four months <laughs> <laughs> I started to doubt myself then I was like I think I can count I'm not sure <laughs> I think I've got this um but yeah no how have the past four months played out for you right through from you know like you said your diary was fully booked mid-March we were about to go on a roadshow weren't we which seems like an absolute lifetime ago now right through to now and how emotionally has that played out for you as well well like most people it's been a roller coaster. But it's been a good roller coaster. And I, I don't know if you'd have asked me in March, hold on a minute, everyone's life's going to be turned upside down. You're going to go through a pandemic. You're not going to be able to work for a couple of months or in the way that you would. I would have been like, that will be a disaster. But I actually think 
for me and a lot of my friends, it's been really pivotal. I knew that I wanted to expand the business even more. You know, when we last attempted a recording, I had some big goals and they still do stand. But I also knew I wanted to grow it in several ways. And what this has taught me is that you need to go for it and you need to diversify. You need to pivot because you need to be ready for anything. So one thing that I really wanted to do before was have multiple revenue streams. Because I offer a physical service, once my diary is booked, I'm limited to that. So I wanted to have other things that I could offer that would help more people than I could traditionally fit in my diary. One thing that was holding me back was I have very specific brand values that are all about the S word, storytelling, But it is because it's not just about putting something out there that you think is right. It has to be really organic and it has to really align with who you are as a founder and what that brand message is. So for me, especially the work or the collaborations that I was going to do at the time, they weren't right. And I thought it was that the opportunities weren't right. It just turns out they weren't quite the right fit at the time or they weren't quite the right person that I was going to work with. So now, just three weeks ago, an opportunity kind of presented itself and someone approached me about this. And before I'd been approached about this, but this time it felt right because it felt like it was the right person, the right time. You know, it's really hard to talk about something when you can't talk about it. So you kind of like talk around it and you're like, oh, there's this thing and this thing. And no one really has an idea about what you're talking about. So yeah, I have learned that it's really important to have multiple revenue streams for your business, pivot, diversify, whatever you want to call it, but you have to do it in a way that aligns with your brand values. It has to feel really true to you so that you're not just plucking ideas out of the air and throwing them out there and getting a bit messy. Everything you do has to align with what you're saying Mm. so that your clients, your customers understand that too. Otherwise, if I were to do something that didn't, it would feel really unauthentic. And that's the opposite of what my work is about. That makes sense. Absolutely. It really, really does. And it's so interesting what you said, you know, about the first few weeks of lockdown compared to now, because I think it is just that time and that perspective. And we all needed that to just adapt, didn't we? And I think it was so funny, the We Can, We Will series, the first like two weeks of those daily recordings, that it was still pure panic. And then by like week five, six of recording them, everyone had calmed down. Everyone had kind of fallen into some kind of routine. And even those that hadn't fully figured out what they were going to do yet, the cogs had started turning. And it's, yes, it took time, but I think we've all-ish muddled our way through it. And I think, yeah, you're not the first person in our decade that it's been the most refreshing. I keep saying kick up the bum. I need a more eloquent way of saying it. But you know what I mean? It's been like... um, yeah, very welcomed. Um, Chloe, what has the, if we're up to the present day then, what has the past three-ish years of running your own business taught you about yourself? Like what has being your own boss this whole journey taught you about yourself? Um, I would say that I am a lot more resilient. I'm stronger. I will put myself out there a lot more than I thought I could. So I will always say that, and it's hard to say like success because I am doing really well, but I'm not doing as well as other people, but I'm doing better than others. So success for me personally, I put my success 
down to never just me. I'm always open that, you know, I have this tribe around me that have really helped me, whether them be, I recently just got a kick air. Take that out. out. (laughs) It's going in. (laughs) Um, I recently got a amazing website and I worked with some fantastic creatives on it. You know, you work with someone on your branding, your brand direction, your photography, you have to invest in it all. So part of that journey, working with those people has got me to where I am. Then there's the, you know, the emotional sport that I talked about. So I'll never say that where I am today, as opposed to where I was three years ago, is purely down to me. But there is an element of it where I am the only one in this business physically. I do decide which jobs I want to pitch for, how to run my business. It is all down to me in some respects. And I'm quite proud of that. You know, I didn't ever think I would be able to push it like this. And I hope in five years, I'll look back and go, wow, it was tiny then. Look how much I've grown it now. But I think that's why I keep going because I'm always thinking ahead to, well, I'm happy where I'm at, but I haven't got this far to just get this far. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to keep growing. Absolutely. And there's no harm in that. I always see things going around online being like, you have to be grateful for what you've got now. And it's so true. Like, yes, absolutely. But there is no harm in also looking forward and kind of thinking what's next. As long as you do enjoy the process, there's no harm in sort of pushing yourself to keep going, I think. Yeah, it is. I think the whole thing It's you go on such a journey. I always feel like the person that I was three years ago to now, it's completely different. And I feel like, I know I keep saying it, but like the person that I met two and a half years ago, you're so different. Tripod girl. Yeah, tripod girl is so different to the glory of today, non-tripod girl. But what about as a service-based business owner as well? Is there any service-based business owner listening to this now? Are there any kind of lessons that you've learned from a business perspective along the way that you really wish Tripod Girl had known? <laughs> Tripod Girl. <laughs> the most rubbish Avenger of all time. <laughs> yeah, so one thing that I do offer now that I didn't before was I offer interest-free payment plans. And I think it's really important now more than ever, you know, if you're a business that is trying to get more business, get more clients, and this works for service base as opposed to product, obviously. But I want everyone to be able to have access to this beautiful on-brand photography. And it's really important to evolve your business and your business plan or your however you offer it with the current economic situation, with what your clients need. So this is something I offered before, but it's really, I push it at the moment now because I think it's so important is that you can split your investment with me for a brand shoot into four or five payments because so product business businesses that are struggling with cash flow or service-based businesses that maybe don't have as many clients at the moment as they would, but they know they need those visuals to get more clients or to make more sales or to sell more products. That accessibility means that they can book their brand shoot with me. They can hold their spot in my diary. They don't have to wait months and months to save up for it, but it doesn't put a strain on their business. And that's something I would never want a business owner to feel like they really want to work with me, but they can't. I'm very much the kind of business owner that will want to overcome those hurdles and make this as great as an experience for my clients as I possibly can. Mm. 
So I think that's something that I'm not saying business owners have to offer this, but I think just working out how your services can be more accessible, how you can still support your clients without them struggling or feeling pressure, especially because we are coming out of a pandemic. Yeah. And we're still, you know, we are still in it. It's very important to remember that there are businesses that maybe don't know what my services will look like to them because they don't know if it's for them. You know, they know that they need it, but they don't know if they can afford mm -hmm. it. I never want them to feel like that. So, yeah, that's quite important yeah. to, me, to be accessible. It's super important. I know that Maddie, you know, graphic designer Maddie, she's recently started doing that and it's 100% working in her favour. But at the beginning, I think you said just for service-based businesses, but I think it's how Sophie T started her art empire took off because she does non-interest staggered payments as well so it, yeah. yeah and I was wrong you know it's not just for service-based businesses I mean it was not going to work say for a 15 pound candle not that there's any you know there's I buy 15 pound candles I desperately need those candles to relax I'm just saying it doesn't work in the same way for those kind of product-based businesses as it would for like a higher price point product-based business Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. Right. To end then, Chloe, I obviously end with all these statements and I will start and I'd like you to finish pretty please. So number one, being my own boss means. I have creative freedom to decide where that glass ceiling is and always raise it. That makes sense. Yes, girl. Yeah, it did. That was really good. I feel like Hillary Clinton's coming out with you there. Michelle Obama, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could describe myself as a businesswoman, I'd say that I am. Driven, fun. I've been told that my shoots are... It's really nice to get this compliment. A lot, a lot of my clients say it's like having a day with a friend, which is exactly what I want. There's no stuffy or awkwardness here. So I'd say driven, fun. You always provide really good snacks as well. <laughs> you come with loaded with the snacks. Tripod girl, snack queen. <laughs> yeah, driven, fun and creative. Absolutely. When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to? Oh, my advice would be to take a minute, don't give up pivot so if something isn't working it doesn't mean that something else won't feel free to get advice on things from friends I haven't always just gotten free advice I you know I work with Charlotte from Media Lux yeah before I launched my remote package that was aimed mostly at the pandemic we chatted about it and worked out how I was gonna sell it how I was gonna approach it so yeah consult someone doesn't have to be a friend but it can be a friend and try something new so if it isn't working it doesn't mean that something else won't and don't be afraid to try something different or new absolutely if I could go back to day one of my business I'd tell myself that the mistakes and the, the challenges will make you stronger as a person as a business that I'm very much liken the journey of a business to the journey of a shoot to where you start out with one idea, but it will evolve based on creativity and new directions and ideas. So let all of that in, be open to all of that because the changes that it brings will be good. Absolutely. 
And yeah, especially with your business as well, trends evolve, don't they? And you've got to kind of roll with the times and etc. Where I was at the start is very different to where I am now, mostly just because I have really worked out that I'm crafting something where I work with other people that want to do that too. And I know I always use the S word, but that's because there's so much. If you skip it, your head, like you'll be like, what's the S word? But like, <laughs> As business owners, what we're crafting, what we're creating is developing to become a lot more authentic and original. And we really need to show that, you know, I'm only one part of a cog with a business. You know, you work with lots of different people and each cog is really important. But I am helping these people to show what their craft is and how how unique it is. There's a little snippet on my website at the very bottom and it kind of sums up a little bit about why my service is there and it says your story is yours and it's unique so let's embrace the power of that and capture images to encapsulate all of the magic. So what you are doing is unique. It might be very similar to others but you will do it differently to anyone else and there's a real importance in that so don't lose sight of the fact that you are doing that beautifully and work with people that will help you highlight that that will help you shine love that and very lastly chloe i want my legacy to be that everyone's stories are as important as another and i will do my very very best to help tell each and everyone as beautifully as i can I love that so much. Oh, Chloe, thank you. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Thank you so much. I feel like with you, it's such a, it's, it's a really nice hearing your answers and stuff because I just feel like I've just observed that journey from afar. So knowing like the processes that have gone into it and stuff, it's just super interesting. So thank you. You've seen a lot of the real behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do owe a lot of my growth and my journey to you. I'm very grateful. You know, our partnership is is really important to me. And I think if you work with people and you have a long-standing relationship and they would go back and work with you time and time and again, that's really important. You should work on building those kind of foundations. Yeah. And right back at you. 20 mingles speaks for itself. Babe. Let's see where we're at in the next 20, eh? I know. But no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you have a minute to spare and enjoyed it, of course, it would mean so much to me if you could please rate the podcast below or leave a review if you fancy being extra kind, as apparently it helps to give the series a little boost and helps other female founders and aspiring business owners to find it. For now, though, enjoy the rest of your day and please do look out for next week's episode. (music)